lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace, alongside a transitioning Todd Erzin. <laughs> No, he actually has the day off. That is uh, our good friend, uh, Jill Savage, a Blaze TV contributor here in Iowa. Just so happened to coincide with Todd's day off. So it's kind of you to come in and hang out here with the fellas this morning. We're looking forward to this. It's going to be awesome, Steve. This is obviously the first time that I've got to meet you in person. I have listened to your show for many years, well before the Blaze TV days. So I'm excited to actually be here. I appreciate that. And now you're realizing, wow, it really was completely overrated all of this time. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Aaron, of course, you are still here. How are you, brother? Doing well. Doing well. Well, I hope you guys, I mean, you youngins, uh, we're going to have kind of a a generational roundtable discussion next hour. I want to see if I can uh, have an intervention with the millennial generation to not make the mistakes I see happening with the boomer generation that parented us and then my generation, Gen X. We will do that from both a civic and theological perspective next hour. But we're going to lead off the show here in a bit. You guys have lived through history. You have watched really unraveling before our very eyes. And I'm not saying this for effect whatsoever. No rhetorical flourish here. You are watching one of the greatest national security threats in modern American history become news over the weekend. And if you really think that 4chan just so happened to leak years of international blackmail material on Hunter Biden... At the same time that the New York Times decided after three years of obvious dementia signs to take a sudden interest in Joe Biden's mental capacity, then you probably also thought that it was just Wuhan for luck that after facing unprecedented civil unrest in Hong Kong, unprecedented trade war from the Trump administration, it just so happened that, by golly, That virus just accidentally showed up in one of the most densely populated areas on planet Earth. From bats that nest 900 kilometers away. No, you're watching the Bidens get kicked to the curb right before our very eyes. You're watching, well, collusion. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you're watching. But we'll get into all of that here on the show today. Uh, Also, we will get a preview at the bottom of the hour for the upcoming Leadership Summit uh, that takes place every summer here in Des Moines. Our keynote speaker this year is the one and only Tucker Carlson. He is coming in. He's going to actually do his Fox Nation show uh, from the summit this weekend as well. Uh, There also, I can now confirm, will be the first extended look at actual footage From the nefarious film, no, we will not release it publicly yet, but if you are at this event, you will get a chance to see an extended look at the footage for the film version of my book, A Nefarious Plot. I will be presenting that coming up on Friday, so we won't have a show on Friday. I'll be off for that event. We will do a best of instead. 
Uh, you also want to make sure, uh, since we're kind of off the grid from the supply chain perspective, that you are taken care of. Just have that peace of mind to know that should this happen, you know, it could never happen here. Again, uh, that you are taken care of when it comes to food for your family and everyone in your care. Three square meals a day, plus snacks and drinks. That's over 2,000 calories a day. Available from our friends over at My Patriot Supply. You can get it for $150 off, plus free shipping when you get it from preparewithdace.com. It'll stay good for up to 25 years with proper storage. You can go to preparewithdace.com. Again, that's prepare with dace.com and now it is time for aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away what happened while we were away brought to you by hacked this weekend a group of hackers on the website 4chan successfully attempted to access the icloud backup of some of hunter biden's electronic devices and what they found was astonishing but unsurprising among the trove of creepy new items was this video hunter took of himself Arguing with a prostitute about how much crack cocaine he has. Two point zero seven without the bag. So how long is two point zero? Let he who has not argued with a prostitute about how much crack they own cast the first stone. Also included in the new revelations are multiple instances of text messages sent to someone named Pedo, short for pedophile Peter. Peter Henderson is a pseudonym Joe Biden is known to have used in the past. It's an ever-growing embarrassment for the Biden family. Here's just a taste of what's leaked out from both the hack of Hunter Biden and his so-called laptop from hell. Vice President Biden, there have been questions about the work your son has done in China and for a Ukrainian energy company when you were vice president. In retrospect, was anything about those relationships inappropriate or unethical? Nothing was unethical. Here's what the deal. With regard to Ukraine, we had this whole question about whether or not, because he was on the board, I later learned of a Burisma, a company, that somehow I had done something wrong. Yet every single solitary person when he was going through his impeachment, testifying under oath who worked for him, said, I did my job impeccably. Hey, pals, Dad, it's 8.15 um, on uh, Wednesday night. If you get a chance, give me a call. Nothing, nothing urgent. Just want to talk to you. I thought the article released the thing on online. It's going to be printed tomorrow in time. It's good. I think you're clear. And, uh, anyway, um, if we get a chance, give me a call. I love you. That was Joe Biden there leaving a voicemail for his son, Hunter. The Daily Mail leaked the voicemail from 2018, where the president seems to have confirmed that he knew of some of his son's business dealings. You know that the people who want to make hay in Washington are going to try to use your adult son as a cudgel against you. How do you feel about that and what do you have to say to those people? Well, look, uh, I have, we have great confidence in our son. Uh, I am not concerned about any accusations been made against him. It's used to get to me. I think it's kind of foul play, but uh, look, it is what it is. And uh, he's a grown man. He is the smartest man I know. I mean, in terms of pure intellectual capacity. Um, and, uh, and as long as he's good, 
we're good. In completely unrelated news, here's this from the New York Times over the weekend. At 79, Biden is testing the boundaries of age and the presidency. Time for a Silkwood shower. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage brought to you by the bowels of hell. Uh, and uh, also from our friends over uh, at Tyga Coolers. Uh, summer is here. And I almost can't even concentrate after watching that. Uh, summer is here. And if you are heading out to, to enjoy uh, the summer season or tailgate season that follows immediately after summer, it is peak cooler season. Make sure you get yourselves a peak cooler from our friends. At Tyga Cooler, lifetime warranty, American-made. They do some of the best premium coolers out there. And they can customize them for you, too, if you want. Now, I don't know if they'll give you a customized Hunter Biden Tyga Cooler. Crack the lid open and maybe find out. I don't... Sorry. Anyway, uh, you can maybe ask for anything else to customize your Tyga Cooler with. When you go to TaigaCoolers.com, T-A-I-G-A, that's T-A-I-G-A, and use the promo code Steve to get a 10% discount today. When you go to TaigaCoolers.com, use the promo code Steve for 10% off. All right, coming up in the overtime today, it's official. This is the most voted on poll I have ever posted on Twitter. We asked you over the weekend, whom do you trust the most? CDC, FDA, corporate media, or Vladimir Putin? The results are in. We will discuss them. Coming up in today's overtime for Blaze TV subscribers, we will record it right after today's program for you at blazetv.com slash dace. That's blazetv.com slash D-E-A-C-E. And if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber and you'd like to become one, that's also where you can go to get a discounted subscription today at blazetv.com slash dace. So Jill and Aaron, let's get to the montage here because... I mean, the jokes write themselves, right? I mean, I had a little fun earlier today noting, you know, I went into a subway last night just looking to score a late seafood and crab. Not even sure they even sell that sandwich anymore. I got cornered by a couple of drag queens who beat me up with their storybook and shouted, this is pedo Peter country, bitch. All right. So, I mean, all right, let's, the jokes write themselves. All the low lying fruit is out there. Agreed? Agreed. Okay. All right. Let's set that all aside. Because I think this actually requires, this is why I'm into this story. Because normally this is not a soap opera show. I don't get into the back and forth, uh, the narratives. I don't care because most of it, it, it's irrelevant. It's pro wrestling. It doesn't impact our lives. This does. This does. The amount of blackmail material contained within these files, and this is just the stuff that we're being shown. I mean, stop and think about this for just a moment. The son of the then vice president, soon to be president, who was his business attache, emissary, ambassador to countries, nations around the world, including China and Ukraine. Have those countries been in the news at all the last few years? Just a bit. China and Ukraine. China and Ukraine. How do you know there was something nefarious happening in Ukraine? 
the EU economy continues to tank, as does ours. And one of the main provocateurs is we have to stop Russia from annexing some of Ukraine for some odd reason, no matter what. Whatever they were laundering through Ukraine must have been extremely valuable because it has nuked their economies in response. Putin's not paying for this. We are. So he has direct links to the family business dealings in two of the most hot-button, discussed, supposedly strategic areas of the world, China and Ukraine. He captures on video his dealings with hard illegal narcotics, hard stuff. Prostitutes who I'm guessing, you know, he didn't grab off a street corner for a pack of Newport lights and a and a 50, you know, half and half. Just out of curiosity, because I don't make this kind of money. I actually Googled because I knew Google would tell me this, but it won't show me what, what we just showed you. I knew Google wouldn't show you what we just showed you. So I knew, but I knew Google would tell me this if I looked. Like, what does it take actually to land like a high value call girl escort? Not, you know, not even one attached to like the Russian government, like, you know, in LA or New York. Like that are thousands of dollars a night. And there's basically several articles about this, like Vox or Mother Jones kind of, you know, wannabe places. Here's one of the things you find out. They want identification. These women, they are professionals. They're not doing this completely out of desperation. It is a business. It's a lifestyle. They travel the world. They want to know, am I safe with the person I'm with? I want, they they asked for references? Could you imagine that? References. They want to verify your identity. Am I going to meet with somebody who's for real or not? Or am I in danger? (laughs) This ain't ain't $5 night in Tijuana. No, it's not, man. Dude didn't hop a plane to one night in Bangkok here. Do you think it might be remotely possible that the Russian government hires these gorgeous young women to come into their prostitution rings specifically to be Mataharis? Do you think that might be remotely possible to be Fing Fangs or Fang Fangs, whatever that th- whatever that was that Eric Swalwell got down with? Do you think it might be possible? If not. Likely. This blackmail evidence has existed for years. And we're just now finding out. There are two options here. None of them are comforting, by the way. One option is that The old man is so riddled with dementia. 
so out of his gourd that he couldn't win a competency hearing in any court, probate, civil, criminal, nowhere. And Hunter just took advantage of that and thus compromised national security and against the wishes of his father compiled mountains and years of blackmail evidence that could be used to compromise the national security of these United States. That is the best case scenario. Should we contemplate the other one? Here's the other one. This family has been compromised from a national security standpoint this entire time. The entire time that Brennan and all these guys were all over cable news, CNN and MSNBC every night, promising us that Donald Trump only ran for president because Vladimir Putin had a P-tape with him and prostitutes, and he was just nothing more than a vessel for Putin to infiltrate an American presidential election. And the entire time that they lectured us with this fake news narrative... It turned out Hunter was actually doing this and cataloging it for your enemy at the same time. It is absolutely not a coincidence that 4chan hacked in to the iCloud account of the president's son and released its tawdry findings at the exact same time the spirit of the ages newspaper of record the new york times suddenly decided after three years of footage and evidence you know the president might have dementia if you believe that's a coincidence if you believe this was an <coughs> 4chan link leak then you probably also thought bats traveled 900 miles i'm sorry kilometers to one of the most densely populated areas on earth where resides not one not two but three biological weapons labs for gain of function research and just so happened to drop a deuce into a pig that got consumed at a wet market you probably believe that too. Because they traveled 900 miles. They couldn't hold it anymore. And that pig said, next rest stop, 50 miles. So they had to drop it now. I can't help you if you believe that. Normally, I'd be in the camp of my buddy, Matt Walsh. I don't like these kinds of stories. I, I heard him say it again, saw him say it again this morning. They are a distraction to the real issues. It's one of the things we do worst in conservative media, uh, where we forget sometimes we're supposed to represent a movement, and instead, the industry, dollar signs, got to get, to get them clicks, yo. So let's just bypass the stuff that causes real suffering and real matters, really matters, and just go for low-lying fruit. This is not low-lying fruit. At a time that you are being called a national security risk 
for daring to believe things counter to the narrative. At the time that your breath was called a national security risk, so you must be forcibly muzzled and masked. Many of the same people that make these claims, the son of their president was cataloging, recording, preserving years of blackmail evidence and fodder for the enemies of this country. Hell no, this ain't a joke, it ain't funny, it ain't a soap opera, and it's not low-lying fruit. Jill and Aaron, your thoughts. I'm with you, Steve. I have paid absolutely no attention to the January 6th trials. I don't care about things that that aren't going to be relevant in our day-to-day life. But with this in particular, it feels like the Democrats, one, they're in Hollywood. They create narratives. They know what they're doing. But when it comes to the Democrats of late, they are going out there and projecting and saying whatever they have done themselves They accuse all of the Republicans of doing. We heard all of the, like you said, the P-tapes with Donald Trump, Russian collusion. It feels like they were grooming us, if you will, getting us ready for a story such as this, that we've heard about something, you know, Russian collusion, Chinese, you know, everybody meddling in in our affairs overseas, getting us ready for something like this to potentially come and happen. And when you look at the real world implications of this with China, we just sent over a million barrels of oil from our strategic reserve to a company that Hunter Biden was on the board of. Yeah, That is real world. That's to me personally, that's treasonous. Sending our strategic reserves that we have in case of emergency to China for that. You, you can't look at that any other way. And then it reminds me, Steve, of the time right when Joe Biden took office, there was a Chinese high-ranking official that I believe was speaking to a group of students. Oh, I, I, I had forgotten about this. I and, remember this clip now. Yeah. And he said, oh, don't worry. We we didn't have, we weren't in control with Donald Trump, but we have our guy back in there now. How do you know that they have their guy back in there? How do they know? How, how does this high-ranking Chinese official know that China's in charge? Because they knew about this, too. Amen. That's very well said. Good dot connecting there. And Aaron, in my view, this calls into question every policy decision of the last few years involving these countries. Is this why we don't want to get to the bottom of the true origins of coronavirus or COVID-19? Is this why we are unilaterally pretty much, I think it's 90 percent or something, uh, underwriting the resistance from Ukraine to Russia? These are the kinds of questions that you have to now ask when this kind of blackmail material reveals itself and you find out it's been there this entire time. It's not just foreign actors. It could be actors right inside the White House as well. Ron Klain, chief of staff, uh, who knows? I mean, he's got to know uh, most of most, if not all of this blackmail material and had access to it for a long time. Anybody within the deep state, because we know that Biden is just a reanimated corpse right now. Nobody he's not actually calling the shots. Is that because he has dementia? Yeah, probably. It could also be because, hey, Biden, um, dementia, Joe, if you start to get uppity and thinking that you're actually the president of the United States, we've got this, this, this and this and this. So it could it, it could be foreign actors. Yeah. And that seems most 
most likely. It could also be the people inside the White House who are the ones that are actually calling the shots. Hey, Biden, Jill, uh, you you start to uh, start to feel your oats a little bit um, some morning and start to actually uh, go your own way. No, 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 no. You work for us. That I I could easily see that as a plausible as a plausible uh, kind of uh, impetus or um, just a, a hypothesis of what's of what's really happening right here. Because I think you're right. At the end of the day, any any decision like all all of this all of this term so far from Biden, it's like everything has gone 100. Like you would just think we. I remember last year we actually gave him some some credit for pulling out of Afghanistan. Is there one singular thing? Like you would have to just odd the, the, the probability of getting everything so 180 degrees wrong and things going 180 degrees wrong. The probability of every single thing that they touch going wrong is yes. just, it's just, it's hard to fathom. Yes, it is. So if, if, if he, if, if he were a Chinese agent, what, what would we, what would we have done differently the last two years of his presidency? That's what I'm trying to say. What would he have How done do differently? How explain everything going so poorly? Even the worst presidents, like, trip into, like, good decisions that are popular. This is not, this is not. I mean, the, everything has gone wrong. The flip of a coin, you would get heads at yeah. some point. Yes, at some point. Take it from a guy who does sports handicapping for fun, all right? At some point, there is a regression to the mean. I mean, just show up in life, and at some point, you'll get something right. How do you get everything wrong? Everything wrong when you've got all these institutions at your disposal, and the ones that you don't are anxious to carry your water at the exact same time. See, here's something. Let me put this. I've used this analogy before of the Habsburgs dynasty. That's what our elites really are on a global basis now. And so all the same families, all the same connections, all the same business ties, all the same brothels, all the same haunts, all the same everything. You want to know when you're going to find out who was on Epstein's list? When it's convenient. And when in there's, when there's an asset on there they need to get rid of or is the, the baggage of carrying that asset around, like in this case, Joe Biden, um, uh, when, when it's too cumbersome and it has to go, they have to justify it. That's when you'll find out. To a very dark place this entire conversation goes. You have to ask yourself, set the funniness and the ridiculousness and the tawdriness and the sadness and the depravity and everything else, set all that aside. And ask yourself, is it merely a coincidence that the President of the United States has decided to tank his entire presidency on a failed resistance in Ukraine that we are unilaterally underwriting, and it's just a coincidence that it's the same country his son has recorded years of blackmail material on his iCloud with. If it's a coincidence, man, it's a hell of a coincidence. It's one of the greatest coincidences of all time. Especially when you find out 
we've done absolutely nothing to get to the bottom of the truth of the origins of COVID-19 to punish the country that it came from. Oh, and it just so happens that that's the other country that the president's son cataloged years of blackmail fodder on his iCloud account with. That again, man, hell of a coincidence. After the last 28 months, I don't, I don't believe in coincidences anymore. And neither should you. And it was just a coincidence. Maximum security prison and a prisoner that was on high alert and a suicide flag in his file. Hot damn, man. Closed circuit TV in that cell just happened to go out that night and a bed that didn't come more than five feet off the floor, he was somehow able to hang himself from it. I mean, what are the odds? You know, Jeffrey Epstein, I mean, just poop happens, man. They think you're this stupid. Or at the very least, this gullible. You're watching them realize he has to go. So they're settling accounts. He will be gone. Will they show it on the nightly news, though? Oh, you mean the Hunter, the Hunter Biden stuff? If they want him gone, they haven't been doing a very good job of updating the American people of yeah, what's but here's really the thing, happening, that, but they want a, this to happen. That's a great point, Jill, but keep this in mind. If, if I merely wrote a story about how I had acquired Hunter Biden's laptop in 2020, I was going to get banned from yeah. Twitter for that. They're letting all this footage... Yeah. From this leak is perpetuating all weekend long. Great Why are they doing that? Because it's convenient for them for, for them to let it out now. It wasn't convenient right before an election for you to find out that Hunter Biden was this compromised. They're burning our retinas. That's exactly right. More in a moment. Notes from Eden Pure. Please do not straight read. Feel free to use your own unique style and experience with the product. How was that for my my first attempt at a Joe Biden impersonation? Anybody? Was that good? Better can better double the, up on that. Yeah, can you repeat that last line again? Uh, turn the page. Yeah. Uh, end quote. Yes. Uh, in all seriousness, no. Uh, this product really works, and I have put it to two of the ultimate tests. Uh, Number one, the bedroom of a teenage boy who's in the middle of summer uh, football conditioning workouts every morning, Monday through Friday. Number two, the amount of flatulence that goes on at my monthly poker night. And in both cases, I mean, next, frankly, next to putting this in Hunter Biden's hotel room, I cannot give this, I can't give this more of a a, a sterner test. And it has, it has stood up to uh, both of these uh, uh, toxicities i guess we will call them so if you want to try the eden pure eat uh, air purifier it's filterless so you don't have to like buy filters the rest of your life and there's like a proprietary technology and i even asked them once how it works and they explained it and i don't get it so but it does work i can tell you it works i don't understand how it works uh but uh apparently without filters it actually does work it's a fantastic product i've used it in my own home if you want to try it now go to edenpuredeals.com put in the discount code steve3 to save 300 or save 200 bucks why three because they come in packs of three 
right? So you might be like, wow, it's still like 200 bucks for one of these. No, it's for three of them. All right, they come in packs of three. Steve, three is where you can go, so you can put them throughout the house. Save 200 bucks, and you get free shipping as well at EdenPureDeals.com. Again, that's EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code for the discount there, and the free shipping is Steve3. Let's bring in friend of the show, Bob Vanderplatz from The Family Leader. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Doing really well. Glad to be here. Welcome, Jill. It's good to have you in, in the building as Thank well. You. Yeah, yeah, I'm in town to come to the Family Leader this later this week. The Leadership, Leadership Summit. Summit yeah. I love it. It's going to be a great summit, our best summit yet. All right, so you say that every year, but let's um, let's have a preview of this summit, okay? <laughs> and what uh, is going to transpire, first and foremost, is there going to be a way for people that aren't in attendance to watch this year? That's a good question that we have not determined yet. We always make sure we're sold out first and we're going to be sold out. And and so what we'll do is by email, check the website. If there's a link that they can they, they can click on, we'd like to make that available. We always have a private link available for some of our best ministry partners who can't make it to make sure that they are able to take in the summit. So uh, we're close to sold out. If you haven't bought your ticket yet and you want to be there, make sure you buy your ticket, thefamilyleader.com, and get your ticket. So Tucker Carlson is the headliner. Why him? Well, I mean, you know, aside from all of the obvious reasons, you know, there's a reason why Tucker has experienced this meteoric rise. And I think it's more than, you know, all of Tucker's answers and solutions. But I think Tucker's asking a lot of relevant questions today. And he's understanding the urgency. You know, Hezekiah, understand your times. I think Tucker is understanding his time. And I think people are seeing that he's understanding his times. And Tucker's one of those equal opportunity offenders. Uh, so whether he has you on the show or me on the show or Ted Cruz on the show, or he has um, Elise Stefanik on the show or um, Nikki Haley on the show, he's not uncomfortable asking the hard question of you to see if you really know the answer, if you're willing to be up to an intellectual debate. So that's why we invited Tucker, because our base listens to Tucker as well. Now, that being said, Tucker knows I don't want this just to be a Fox News Tucker show from the stage. I want to know from Tucker, why do you do what you do? What motivates you? What inspires you? What's your testimony in life? I mean, what's a life lesson that you'd love to give to this audience, especially those younger people who are tuning into Tucker as well? And you know, Steve, our leadership summit is always about principle over politics. So the morning will be almost about biblical worldview. Dr. Tony Evans uh, from Dallas Theological Seminary. And, you know, he's a large, he's a pastor of a large church in Dallas. A lot of people know Tony Evans. He will be giving a biblical worldview speech, keynoting the morning. That'll be followed up by our the Daniel Impact Initiative. We have every state, all 14 states will be there. And there'll be a panel there where I'll be interviewing these states about why do we see this as tangible revival. We all pray for revival, but how is this becoming tangible revival in Florida, in Arizona, in Texas, in Iowa? What are we seeing? And what in the Roe v. Wade overturn, we'll put a lot of emphasis on the overturn of Roe v. Wade. But when the justice said this, this stuff belongs to the states, we believe the powers in the states. We believe it's anchored by the bride of Christ, the local church. So how do you do this tangibly where it really makes sense? And I think we have all kinds of results in street cred to show this makes sense. Tucker doesn't do a lot of these. 
I mean, I don't, I don't see a lot of footage of him doing yeah. speaking engagements and stuff around the country. He doesn't need to. He doesn't have to. He's got arguably the biggest platform not named Joe Rogan in uh, alternative media in North America, right? So why do you think he chose to do this one? Uh, your exorbitant um, honorarium? And if so, I, <laughs> how come I've not gotten a cut of that over the last few years? Well, first of all, it's not the honorarium, I can tell you that. Okay. Uh, so Tucker and I have known each other you know, for the past decade or so. Matter of fact, he attended the summit one time just to cover it back when we had all the presidential candidates mm -hmm. uh, coming in. And he loved the summit, but he was very high about what our ministry does, loves the emphasis of the Daniel impact. And basically, we need more of this, not less of this. What can I do to help you? Now, there's also speculation. You come to Iowa, if you're anybody like Tucker or anybody else with that kind of name ID, that kind of a platform, and you come to Iowa and you come to the Family Leader event, uh, there's another obvious question that needs to be asked. Mm -hmm. And are we living in a time when you understand your times that we're not looking for the next Dick Cheney, who was a congressman and you know, just worked his way up? Or are you looking for somebody who you know, really wants to seize that moment? Is that Tucker Carlson? Uh, I don't know, but my guess is at a private dinner after the summit, he and I will have that conversation in front of an audience. At the very least, if I had his platform, I would I would be interested in coming to this so that I can attempt to influence Amen. the people on the ground that are going to, a year from now, have a huge say in you know, who the next alternative nominee for president is uh, to the current regime, right? I'd, I'd want to get in front of those folks. I might have a few things I'd like to say to them and try to influence maybe more so the decision-making process than the actual decision itself. And I've thought a lot about that, Steve, because he can come to this base and say, listen, you guys are hugely influential on who's going to be our next leader. Uh, you winnow the field in these things called the Iowa caucuses. Uh, this ministry, you know, we're three for three the last time. I mean, if we get behind somebody, it tends that they win the caucus. They don't win the presidency, but they win the caucus. So whether you're Huckabee or Santorum or Cruz, I think he may be giving that message to the audience. Understand your times. Mm -hmm. Who are you looking for? And make sure that when you're asking these questions, some of these questions need to be asked of these people who are crisscrossing this uh, Iowa corn state. You mentioned you're going to get a chance to interview him at the private dinner after the event. If if I had the chance to interview him, this is the one question I would ask. I have a theory that Fox News had no idea what they were getting into by giving him Bill O'Reilly's spot. Now, Aaron and Jill will be too young to remember this, but there was a time when Bill O'Reilly actually pretended to be a conservative. The no spin zone. Yeah, and, and like a real hardcore <laughs> one. He like, I know what you guys are thinking, this is nuts, right? Like there was a time actually that California was a red state, okay? But um, it, it, that's actually even older, but I remember that too. But he used to write like books called uh, culture warrior Steve, and stuff I've, like that. I've always been a nerd. I know this. Oh, you did. Yeah. So you okay? All right. So you knew. Okay. Too. All right. Yeah. So that that was another life. Okay. Um. And and you know he gave that up several uh, eons ago. And so I think that when they hired him, they thought they were getting the same kind of bow tied, likable but fairly technocratic Tucker personality. You know, the guy from the Weekly Standard 
you know, technocratic kind of dude that, you know, could do a show on MSNBC and favorably interview Rachel Maddow as he used Mm -hmm. to do back in the day. I think the Murdoch family thought they were getting that. I don't think they had any clue that they were getting the guy that we have seen here these last four or five years that has whatever O'Reilly was doing in the late nineties that made that had him rivaling rush for the biggest name in conservative media. Uh, he's, he's gone beyond that. I mean, he, he literally just looks to, he go a nightly attempts to just how many shibboleths can I destroy every night on my monologue? I don't think the, I don't think the Murdoch's had any idea they were doing this and now they're trapped because he's by far their most successful program. He's created this alternative ecosystem. He's almost never in New York. He's in Florida, or it's Maine, I think it is, where he, the other place he lives. It is Maine. Yeah, where yep. he does everything from, he's got his own team. It's completely independent of Fox. They're screwed now. They couldn't get rid of him if they tried, because whatever, the, because whether it, it's us or the daily, like if, if he was a free agent, our, our mucky mucks, Tyler and Gaston, would come to me and say, dude, we really like your show. <laughs> but we got we to gotta bring Tucker in. You know what I'd be like? I get it. I'm okay with it. I mean, so they have to put up with this now. They're, he's got them cornered. So, so they have a collective shock face most weeks at Fox and the management. There's no doubt. But they're also reaping the, the reward of what Tucker is doing night after night. And I think what Tucker is doing, this is stuff that when we – we get behind a candidate to say, we want you to be governor. We want you to be a U.S. senator. We want you to be president. And we're kind of like, but when you get the office, would you just do what we've asked you? Don't waste this opportunity. That's what we love about Governor Kim Reynolds here. She's not wasting the opportunity. She's seizing the moment. She understands, I only have this for a short time. That's what people loved about Donald Trump when Trump was president. I think what Tucker is doing, he's going, listen, I'm not even quite sure yet how I got this opportunity, but I've got it. And it's like, I'm not going to waste my shot. I think it's the, off of Hamilton, but, you know, I'm going to take my shot. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's doing night after night. And you're right, Steve. They've got, they've got no recourse now. They have to let him run. Now, there will be another uh, event, not quite as momentous, okay? But <laughs> we are going to show uh, for the first time the, uh, the first, well, any footage at all, but this will be an extended look at footage from uh, probably close to about five minutes or so of the upcoming film Nefarious based on my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot. We're going to show that to your audience at this event. This will be the first time anyone has seen official footage from the movie. We are so excited about this. So if you guys don't come for Tucker or you don't come for Tony Evans, come for this guy, Steve Dace. And to see this first released footage of Nefarious, which I am thrilled to be able to see this come out on our stage. I honestly think it may be a really good bridge from a biblical worldview morning, you know, laying the foundations, setting the stage to a leadership application in the afternoon. And that's going to be your bridge. That's when you show up. It's right after lunch. I think it's going to be a great opportunity. Everybody's going to be rushing back into that afternoon session for to see Tucker. I want my seat for Tucker. But the first thing they get is Steve Dace and this movie footage of an affairs. I can't wait for it. I so, think it's going to be a knock it out of the park. What, what, just a little inside baseball on this. What's been funny is for a, about a, about six months, I have very rarely played the executive producer card because I'm out of my element, man. I've never made a movie. I don't know anything. Okay. <laughs> But there's a couple times that I have, and I, I, I let's just let it be known, we are going to be showing something. 
at this leadership summit. Like uh, all of the people that uh, in my company that put up the millions of dollars for us to make this movie are all going to be there with all of their people and all their supporters. We have to show rich people like to show off their trophies. You know this, man. All right. So we have got we're going to be showing something. So have something ready to go. And of course, in the classic artist you know, routine and, and trying to lower expectations, all the hemming and hawing about this for the last six months. And I don't know if it'll be completely ready when I'll show anything before it's ready. I go in to have dinner with some friends last Friday night and I get a call from our production team and they're like, yeah, we actually are going to like show three times the footage that you guys actually asked for because we have a scene we really like and we think it will that, that, that we don't want to break it up and we want to show the audience something like this in detail and so I thought that was kind of interesting that, that for months it's been like oh, I don't know if we're going to have it I don't know if we can do it and then all of a sudden it was like actually we're going we're, we're gonna to actually send you more footage than what we were what you have even asked for well, I think it's going to be a blast it's going to be a great sneak peek um Again, for your audience, I rarely do this on this show, but thefamilyleader.com, either to get your link or to buy your ticket to be there. You'll want to see this. And Steve, you know I've been on the inside of a lot of this movie stuff as well with you and mm-hmm. wa- walking through some of this. This is going to be phenomenal. I think God's hand of favor is on this movie. He wants this movie to be seen. I, I, I hope so because I'm – I mean, I'm, I'm really at he loves me, he loves me not. 12 year old middle school girl <laughs> right now. Okay. I mean, I simultaneously can't, I want to watch this five minutes from now. I don't ever want to see it at the exact same time. I have never been more verklempt, nervous, worked up, concerned, excited about anything I've been attached to in my entire life. Yeah. We just, if had- this movie's not good, I'm just telling you, my last show will be titled Goodbye, Cruel World. And it will be live from the top of a water tower. I just <laughs> that, want America to know that's this. That's not going to happen. Okay. But it's just like I had this conversation with our team this morning. So Leadership Summit brings a lot of you know, high stress, make sure it gets pulled off right, all that stuff. I said, guys, I don't believe God brought us this far to say, you know what? I think we'll just let you fall on your face now. Same thing in your movie. I don't think God brought you this far to go, you know what? Now I think I'll just blow it up and this thing's going to be terrible. I think it's going to be pretty special. I hope you're right. I just thrive on lowering my expectations. Uh, as one of my radio mentors once told me, if at first you don't succeed, lower your expectations. And that strategy has worked very well for me to not be disappointed for a very long time. All right, really quick, one more time. How can people get tickets if they want? It's thefamilyleader.com. And I'm a real example of him lowering his expectations, but thefamilyleader.com. And then probably around midweek, you guys will decide if there's going to be some kind of a... Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll make that decision pretty quick. Could I request that it's blacked out when I show the footage? You see, that's the other thing is that there's some people uh, like a Dr. Tony Evans and others that they don't always want their mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. just readily available to everybody else. So we need to walk through that okay. as well. All right. Good to see you, man. Appreciate it. Good to see you. See you Friday. You bet. All right. So when we come back here next hour, we've got a free hour and I've got two smart and talented millennials here with me on the show. And I want us to take advantage of that uh, rarity here, not finding two smart millennials, just having them both with me at the same time. That's the rarity. I I want us to see if we can have a generational uh, intervention to not make what are, I think the, the two biggest mistakes that boomers and Gen X, my generation, I see making right now 
both in the political arena and in the ecclesiastical arena. And I want to walk through those two things with you two, and then I want us to discuss them to see if your generation can put a stop to our mistakes. Fair? Fair. We'll do that when we come back. Stay tuned. with hour two live and on demand here on blaze tv radio and podcast steve dace here with jill savage blaze tv contributor she happens to be in town so great timing filling in for todd erzin who has the day off and of course you all know aaron mcintyre as well you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show steve at stevedace.com that's d-e-a-c-e you can like us on facebook me we parlor and gab follow me uh, at Steve Day Show on Twitter, Getter, TikTok, and Instagram as well. And then look for me on Trump's Truth Social uh, at Real Steve Dace over there. And then you can look for clips of the show that are free of any censorship and also free for you to watch. When you go to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show, again, that's rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And for all of you that listen to the podcast version, you are a huge part of our show's audience and we appreciate you. Please show your appreciation for us. Leave us a five-star review if you like us. And if you've got a question you want us to consider in a future Ask Me Anything, put it in there. You'll go to the front of the line. And uh, you can also hit the subscribe and follow button for us too. Thanks to all of you that have done those things for us. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you. I also appreciate my friends over at Omega XL because it's part of my daily routine. Jill and Aaron are too young to worry about this shit, but the day will come when they will soon realize I just can't get around the way that I used to, right? And that's because as we get older, the joints don't get younger. They get older with us, and even though they're crucial for maintaining an active lifestyle, they can also become little hubs for inflammation. That's why you're looking for an all-natural anti-inflammatory like our friends at Omega XL, backed by going on three decades of updated clinical research and almost three years now of me using it on a daily basis. I take it with me wherever I go. I swear by it. And Aaron's not swearing at me anymore because he doesn't hear me complain about being sore after working out as often as he used to, right? So if you want to give it a shot, you can buy one, get one free when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's buy one, get one free when you also give them a call at 800-844-4888. All right, so this hour with, um, with the two of you here, I wanted to do something different. Take advantage of having two bright, talented minds from the millennial generation here. And I, I want you guys to learn from my and my parents' generation's mistakes. We have, we've seen the good and the bad from the boomer generation. I, I don't have a, a huge amount of faith that my generation is going to learn the right lessons for every Ron DeSantis, my generation um, you know, uh, creates, there's, you know, 50 Paul Ryans and Kevin McCarthy's, you know? So, um, and, and I, and I see what's happened in the pulpit now that a lot of the men in my generation are taking over and they decided, they decided, you know, I, I really don't want to be a mascot for a political party like the original Jerry Falwell or Pat Robertson allowed themselves to become. And I'm all for that, by the way. But then they thought, let me instead become a mascot and for wokeism and, uh, and virtue signaling instead. So just kind of traded one false choice for another one that's arguably even more self-destructive, actually. 
You know, so I, I don't have a lot of faith generationally because we also have in both these generations this notion of a silent majority that the conventional system working within it, we can change things. That I, I don't, I don't know how to put this. I don't know that we've suffered enough in these two generations to truly come to grips with what it will take to turn the tide. But in your generation, where, what is it, something like 15% of your generation identifies as rainbow jihad and it's like 20 or 25 and the Gen Zers behind you, okay? You guys are going to be like totally screwed, okay? Completely outnumbered, outflanked, everywhere you want to go. And I know you're like, is this supposed to be encouraging? In a way, <laughs> yes. In a way, yes. Because you won't, you'll have your own idols, you'll have to, you know, uh, confront every generation and era does, but you won't have the idols of silent majorityism, the idols of comfortism. You, those idols will be gone. I mean, I won't, I, we, we won't get into it specifically, but you and I were having a conversation before the show about your previous career path and just straight up racism in the, in their hiring policies, just straight up with it. Okay. Yeah, very open about it. Yes. And so because in your era, the enemy has made preemptively such huge inroads. It doesn't use any of the camouflage tactics or any of the lipstick on a pig that it used to, uh, you know, to, to drag us in and to disarm us. So you guys should kind of be at max lit in confronting this in your time. That there is a certain, if you look at history, whether it's 56 signers to a declaration, it's 110 disciples hiding in an upper room. As Samuel Adams famously noted, it's always the committed minority that tends to make the most impact on history. I mean, after all, we are living in an era where we just celebrated a month in this country, where most of our embassies around the world flew another flag of a political movement on top of the American flag. And this is a movement that at the time that it launched until recently, maybe represented two and a half percent of the American people. So you guys have some real strategic advantages. I mean, it's going to be suckier to live here. I'm not going to lie to you about that. It'll be tougher to raise a family here. I'm not going to lie to you guys about that. But in terms of the competitive environment within the, the cultural you know, uh, arena or the cold civil war, you won't have to be cajoled as much into aggressively confronting the enemy because a lot of the things that the enemy would provide for you in order to numb your senses like he does for us won't be available to you. Is that fair? Yeah, that's very fair. Okay. So I want us to look first at the political arena, and then I want us to look in the next segment at the ecclesiastical or theological arena. One of the prime mistakes that I believe has been made generationally in the political arena is we have a tendency... And I have to break myself of this because I'm a data-driven guy. And I'm like the evangelical that loves tradition. I don't like worship it, but I love it. I like history. I think the answers to the present are found often in the past. I don't think history just repeats, but rhymes. And I've had to break myself these last few years of relying on it too much in my own analysis. Because what happens when the other side of the analysis is here to break and destroy all those things. 
they're, they've gone full out iconoclastic. They are stained glass window smashers. Well, those precedents that I love so much, they don't mean as much. Those conventional wisdoms that I love so much, they don't mean as much. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that we have made tactically from a political standpoint in the baby boomer, boomer slash Gen X generation is that we have analyzed the enemy as we see things, not as they see things. And I want to address this before I lay something out for you, because I think because you're thinking, I'll just put it that way, because you're thinking what I'm about to propose to you just seems ridiculous, idiotic. Because if we were thinking, it would be. If we were thinking, we would be. We're not. We are living in an era of I emote, therefore I am. We're not thinking. Well, you are, but you're a shrinking base. Most of the country is not thinking. The side that's not thinking is what's growing. And so you'll look at conventional wisdom, precedent, data. Ah, this, this could never work. I remember that it would never work running a guy for president who dodged the draft, went to the Soviet Union instead to give a speech, claimed he didn't inhale, but he got high, and had to put down bimbo eruptions. Their term, I remember being told and reliably assured that America would never vote for such a person for president. They did twice. And that was in the 90s when things were particularly more kosher, allegedly, than they are now. I was reliably assured the country would never vote for a guy who lied about his real name, Barry Satoro, and went to a church whose pastor on camera once preached a sermon that included the line, God damn America. I was reliably assured this would never happen. Oh, and his middle name was Hussein. It happened twice. I was reliably assured a basement dummy with dementia could not possibly win the presidency. We're here. It happened. I'm looking at all of you who reliably assured me of all these things all these decades. In fact, raise my hand here and convict myself, I probably did some of that reliable assurance myself. (laughs) Right? So, here's what we're going to do with the reliable assurance. And we're going to actually analyze the enemy as they see things, not as we do. Take your thinking caps off and prepare to emote. I believe what you are watching is a Democrat master play here, as I mentioned last hour. And the play is to dump Dementia Joe before 2024. They're greasing the skids right now with a <clears throat> 4chan leak. And the New York Times sudden concern 
After three years of dementia-driven episodes, that the president may not be with it. And they're preparing to do this because they're going to run Kamala Harris against one of two white guys, Trump or DeSantis, in what will be a straight-up mega race-baiting 24 campaign. And no one will be down for it more than white suburban woke Karen. She will be at max lit, max lit, folks. Max lit. Man, it'll be like peak ovulation and Brad Pitt 1998 walked in the room, okay? Let alone the 2022 version. Max lit. Some breeding going on, Max Lit. Woke white suburban Karen, this will be like a harmonic convergence. This would be like in the Elvis movie I just watched, where the girls just spontaneously combust when the gyrations start. That kind of Max Lit. The chance to vote for a black candidate with a vulva? How do I show I can how, how do I show I'm not a racist? Let me count the ways. We're not racist plus girl power. That's right. That's it. Can we start this campaign now? We painted Hillary black. Yes, we're in. I know what you're thinking. Don't think. Stop thinking. Stop it. Look at your enemy the way They don't think, not the way you actually do. If you thought you were racist before for daring to oppose their policies, just wait until the black female is their standard bearer. Woke white women are their main base now. All the polls show it's the only base of people. The only base of people. The only base of people. The only one. That Joe Biden has grown his base with since taking over. They also need record numbers of black voters to win. They obviously cannot get them now on the merits of their policies. So, man, they're going to have to race bait like a mother. You're going to you're going to wish. It was still Barack Obama talking about if I had a son, he would have looked like Travion. You're going to long for those days. You're going to wish it was Eric Holder as AG. You're going to wish it were. Those are going to be the salad days, Ray Bradbury, because something wicked this way comes. The mother of all race baits. It's going to be the George Floyd funeral of Hillary Clinton campaigns. That's what it's going to be. Gird your loins. I know what you're thinking. I told you to stop doing that five minutes ago. Steve, she's dumb. She's a moron. She can't articulate a sentence. She's perfect. Perfect. It doesn't matter. She's dumb. They don't care. Uh, they didn't care that Joe had dementia. They don't care. Because here's the thing. Even if they lose, which they likely will, frankly, this time, this time, 
But even if they lose, which they likely will, it will just affirm their narrative that they lost. Their narrative gets affirmed either way. The identity politic narrative gets affirmed either way. Either they accomplished the greatest moment. Michelle Obama is proud of her country again. Or it affirms that you're all just too racist to vote for a nitwit moron with an IQ of 12 who was once one of Montel, Jordan, Mont- Montel Williams' floozies. Your, your unwillingness to vote for her just shows America is racist still and still must be fixed. This highly qualified and capable black woman. This Christy Blasey Ford of Anita Hills. What a terrible country this is. They win either way. That's why before you call this stupid or nuts, don't analyze your enemy the way you see things. Analyze things the way that they do. Everything, 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 everything Democrats do is to affirm their narrative. Everything. Every tactic, every ploy, every policy, Every message, it is all for narrative advancement and affirmation. All of it. Steve, what about strategy? That's the strategy. Advance our narrative. That's the strategy. That's what advances our agenda. And what advances and affirms their narrative more than bypassing issues and results altogether and running just purely on identity politics? Because that's never worked for them before. It's never worked. Like ever. We decided it was cool to put more people on food stamps in the population of Spain because the president was black. It's never worked. Ever. Yeah. Any of you thought it couldn't get worse? I haven't even gotten to the butt of the joke yet. Pete Buttigieg, the rear admiral himself. I can't almost say this because it's just hilarious. I need to stop thinking. Pete Buttigieg will be the running mate. In fact, he'll get elevated to vice president when they kick Joe to the curb and Kamala takes the oath. Because again... This is, a, this is a marriage. This is, see, when you think a unity ticket, you think, all right, we got this right-winger Reagan who's got all these new evangelicals and these rabble-rousers in this party, okay? You know, and, and, the, and then the, the, there's this moderate Republican, John Anderson from Illinois is going to run as a spoiler. We, he's going he's to take it away, so we're going to lose. So we got to unite the factions of this party. Go get the rhino swamp establishment who, who nicknamed Reagan's tax cuts voodoo economics. That's where the term actually came from. Put him on the ticket. We need a unity ticket. We got to unite the two factions ideologically in this party so John Anderson doesn't play spoiler and throw the election to Jimmy Carter. That's what you think unity ticket means. Because you're thinking. Stop that. Right now, the biggest problem the Democratic Party has, Hispanics are its second biggest problem. The biggest problem it has is that more and more black Americans have woken up to the fact, pun intended, 
that they're back on the back of the bus and the rainbow jihad gets first dibs when the spoils in this party are passed out. So we need a unity ticket. And hey, just put the gay guy on the bottom. We need a unity ticket. That's a unity ticket on their team. That's what their team thinks a unity ticket is. We've got to put the two most important identity politic brands in our party on the same ticket. And we'll reinforce to our our black base as we race bait this thing into the ninth ring of hell just how important they are that the white guy's on the bottom of the ticket. That's how they think. That's what their strategy sessions are like. They're not strategy sessions. They're struggle sessions. The Democratic Party's agenda is identity politics narrative-driven. It is not policy-driven. It is not. This is why, and never forget this, when elections are about personalities, Democrats win. When they're about issues, Republicans win every time. Doesn't matter the personality of the Republican every time. Every time. John McCain could have been resurrected from the dead in the Hanoi Hilton He was never beaten the narrative of the first black president. So I can show America how racist I'm not. And then to run back the very kind of corporatist straight white guy that everybody in America hates, including his employees, that was never going to work either. Never going to work. Run this ticket... We don't have to talk about issues. You're just a homophobe. You're just a racist. We had 100,000 people come through the border last night. Why do you care, racist? Why do you care, homophobe? Why? Just run that the whole time. Run that the whole time. Before you say they would never do this, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning. You're right. You're right. They would never nominate a a draft dodger against a war hero who gave a speech at the Soviet Union and had to put down his own self-labeled bimbo eruptions and didn't inhale. You're right, they were never going to do that either. They were never going to run Barack Hussein Obama. They were never going to do that either. That would never happen, ever. And they were never going to run a dementia patient at a time that everyone was scared to death about their health. You're right, they were never going to do that either. You're right. So, to you two, this is my first attempt at a generational intervention. Do not make the mistake that, gosh, I don't want to be your parents' generation. Am I old enough to be your parents yet? I think I am now, aren't I? Damn it. Mm. All right, then your parents' and grandparents' generations... By projecting your conventional wisdoms on the enemy. See the enemy for who they are and how they behave in their natural habitat. I'll give you a minute for you guys to respond how you're going to respond to this. After I tell you about Rough Greens, it is the supplement powder for your pets. Why? Because they do the same thing to your pet's food. They do to all the human food these days. Strip it of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that we need. That's why we're taking so many supplements. It's a multi-billion dollar industry now. It's one of the biggest sections when you go to the store. 
Now there's one for your pet because it needs it as well. And its happiness means more to you than just feeding it and giving it water. And that's where Rough Greens comes in. It's a supplement powder you mix in with your pet's food. And you may be wondering, though, what if my pet doesn't like it? What if it doesn't work? That's why we give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. It's on us to see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. And then we ask you to pay for the shipping so you're invested in this at least a little bit because we think it'll be good for your pet and we want you to follow through, all right? So go to roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com or give them a call at 833-ROUGH-DOG. Jill, your thoughts? I tried to stop thinking. It was very difficult to do that in the middle of that uh, of that monologue for you. And, you know, I came in here thinking, OK, if we have Kamala Harris, if she does take over as president, the American people will see her leading for two years. They won't want more of that. But your point of they will lose this time and they know it has me thinking a a different strategy because I said, okay, I I think that they do want a black woman, but if they could convince her, it would be Michelle Mybell, Michelle Obama, right? If she could come through and and go and be the top of the ticket and, you know, piss off the Clintons along the way and have Michelle go out and be the first female president, not entitled Hillary, who thought this was her birthright. Mm -hmm. But the, the point of you saying they're going to lose this time and they know it. She will pass. The, the Obamas just built an Aaron Spelling-sized mansion. They're making huge bank. They're not coming out from behind that to yeah. run for office because here's the thing. They're going to run the show with Kamala in the White exactly. House from behind that, the exactly. scenes anyway. So, so they get all the power and they don't have to put up with Trump's trolling or DeSantis coming, coming after them. They get the best of every world and they don't have to sell off all the... and get rid of all the wealth they've accumulated That's at the same time. That's where this all ends up. Yeah. So with Kamala... She will be reading the teleprompter. She is not going to be in charge. Whatever they're doing with Joe right now, they're, the, the Democrat base, whoever is running the show behind the scenes, is clearly happy with it until recently, right? Now now that we see the Hunter document dumps, mm-hmm. this is when they say, okay, we, we do need something new. We understand we're going to get our butts kicked in the midterms. This isn't going to be okay. We have to at least pretend that we're in power for two more years. I mean... I didn't think that they could run a dementia patient from his basement and have him actually succeed and get into the White House. But now that you're saying just stop thinking and and they could come up. Joe has already let the cat out of the bag. We're going to have another pandemic, guys. Get ready for the next one. Who knows what what that is going to look like, but. This is the ticket that they want. They want identity politics. Like we said, we're not racist plus girl power. Black History Month plus gay pride. Let's go, baby. That's that is what they want top to bottom. And the black community isn't so much down for the struggle with the pride parade. But if you have a a black female vice vice president that'll be on the top of the ticket, they could get down. for Aren't that. you on Jason Whitlock's show? Yeah. Doesn't he always talk about the lament of how much black women control the men? Yeah. All right. And he, Jason's flat out told me on his show, there are certain opinions as you, as a black man, you are not allowed to have if you ever want to have sex with black women. Right. So the black men who are the, the black men who aren't down with any of this are going to defy all their black women who like are going to vote for Kamala a couple times. No, I don't think. Yeah. They'll give in. They'll give in. Aaron. So, you know, a part of this is uh, reminds me of of Murphy's Law. If it can happen, it will happen. 
you know, if it if it can happen, uh, Arkansas, uh, we the, the the crazy dude from Arkansas, Bill Clinton, and all of the things that you just listed, Barack Hussein Obama, dementia Joe, they can happen. It will happen. So that's that's number one. And this is much more true now than it was even two years ago, or maybe two and a half years ago, to be a little bit more accurate, because we're in the end game now. We really are in the end game of Western progressivism, because as we're seeing in Europe and here at home, they don't care that they're tanking their economies. They don't care. In fact, that's the point. It's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. Exactly. So they don't really care. There is no, there, there used to be, even when, even when I was younger, there used to be some chess or checkers that, that was played. We still have to strategize just a little bit so that we don't, you know, alienate. They don't care about that now. All we, all we see now is will to power. That's all we see. And that's not going to change uh, anytime soon. So they don't care, as you said, that she can't put two sentences together without sounding like a space cadet. They don't care about that because all they have and all they want and what they have a lot of right now is power. And anything that affirms in the long run that power Mm -hmm. is what's going to get elevated. The idea that they would take a woman who couldn't even make it on her own to the Iowa caucuses and put her on a national ticket to begin with. But then they would never take this next logical step. It's just not. Come on, guys. Folks, they could take my earwax and nominate that and get 45% of the popular vote just by showing up because of the polarization and balkanization in America. As long as it had a D next to That's it. right. Republicans have won the popular vote one time since 1988, and it was by two points. All they got to do is just lie to get the other 5% they need. It's worked before. Why wouldn't they do it again? There are not many opportunities these days to do business with companies that don't hate you, which is why when the opportunity presents itself, take full advantage of it. And one place where it does is with a product we all have to use these days. Mobile phones, hard to survive as a modern American without one. And so now's a great time to stop giving your money like I did for too many years to T-Mobile. And my final straw, when I finally decided, okay, as lazy as I am, I, I have to finally put my foot down. It's when they started to censor the text messages you were going to send about COVID. And that, that was kind of in the, in the horse you rode in on for me. That's when I'm the next day. I finally said to the family, I don't care how big of a hassle it is. We're making the switch to Patriot mobile. We did. And I couldn't believe how seamless they made it. And then I thought, well, you know, maybe they just gave me the blaze corporate partner, you know, treatment, you know, kind of like the uh, Aaron Rodgers commercial with the uh, State Farm guy. Yeah, you gave me the Aaron Rodgers special. Now we just do that for everybody. Turns out they do that at Patreon Mobile because I heard from several of you that they made it just as seamless for you as well. So if you want to make the switch, now's the time. If you are a veteran or first responder, let them know when you go to make the switch. They'll give you a bigger discount for say, as a way of saying thank you for your service. For the rest of us, you can get a free activation with the offer code Steve when you go to PatriotMobile.com slash Steve. Again, that's PatriotMobile.com slash Steve or call them at eight or nine seven two patriot that's nine seven two patriot all right so we're doing a generational intervention this hour 
since our millennial kids and grandkids are about to be completely outnumbered and have none of the default settings and uh, benefits of the doubt that those of us who actually hold on to some form of a Judeo-Christian worldview were given uh, here in America from the inception of the country since it was founded on a Judeo-Christian worldview, I want to make sure you guys learn from our mistakes, the things we did wrong to hand this uh, poop show over to you. Okay? This is why you guys are in craptastic shape. Here are the mistakes we made. The first mistake we made in the political arena is we too often analyzed our opponents from the perspective of how we see things, not from the way they do. And, well, they would never go there. Well, they would never do that. Oh, hey, we won Roe versus Wade. Uh, and so they'll, no, they'll just, you know, issue executive orders and put like a Red Cross abortion ship in international waters. I mean, this is nuts. You're dealing with religious level fervor. This ain't Tip O'Neill calling uh, Reagan a big uh, spending Republican who doesn't care about the working man and then showing up to watch Dan Rather together over bourbon. No, not that. This is straight up, it's just demonic, bro. All right? Now, one of the reasons we've made these mistakes in the natural, though, is because of the generational mistake I believe we have made in the spiritual realm. So let's look at the ecclesiastical theological issue that you guys are going to inherit and learn from our mistake. The biggest problem that I believe exists in the American church today is that it is intentionally, intentionally self-imposed, all too often non-confrontational. This is actually, people are going to say, well, it's because Steve, I, I, I see all the, the you know, worldview surveys and America is a biblically literate cult. This is why, actually. This is why. Too many churches, most American churches actually claim or still do teach some form of orthodoxy. It's the denominations that don't. They're the ones that are shrinking. The ones that go full left, full spirit of the age, they shrink. So no... It's not that people have not heard the word. It's that they have not seen the word. They haven't seen it. Because too many churches, the ones that still remain, which is still the majority, that still teach some form of the word of God, the way that they will present it, the way they will contextualize it, the way they will apply it, will be to intentionally do so in a non-confrontational way. Therefore, many of the unsaved, unconverted, have not seen what we believe lived out because we don't live much differently than them. We're not challenged in our sins, so they're not challenged in theirs. We're not challenged in our idols, so they're not challenged in theirs. Non-confrontationalism is the biggest heresy in the church today because it inhabits most of the churches, which is still most of the churches, that still preach the traditional doctrines of sin, repentance, the Trinity, etc. By self-imposing non-confrontationalism, we have emasculated the faith. We have rendered it defenseless against the spirit of the age, and thus we have done the same to the faithful. Now, this does not mean confrontation always has to be aggressive. Confrontation is not a method. It is a motive. The Christ child we adore in the manger 
He is confronting a sinful world every bit as much as the fully ascended Christ on a white horse will do one day with a sword in his mouth and a robe dipped in blood. It's not a method, it's a motivation. One of my radio mentors, the great multiple Marconi award-winning Van Harden. I'm not sure I ever saw him lose his temper or get angry one time. He saw me get angry and lose my temper many times. <laughs> All right. Here's the thing, though. There'd be like a meeting with the sales staff and a brainstorming session at my old radio station. And there'd be all kinds of tawdry jokes and F-bombs exchanged. Until Van Harden walked in. People set up in their chairs. Showed the proper respect. It's like going to Nana's house. Yeah. She might wash your mouth out with the life boy, but even worse than that, the look. It doesn't have to be aggressive. I prefer it that way, but that's my idol. It doesn't have to be. Confrontation is a motivation, not a methodology. But we unfortunately have taught that confrontation inherently, regardless of the method, is bad. This has been taught to the vast majority of American churchgoers in the baby boom and millennial, I'm sorry, Gen X generations. Confrontation is inherently bad. We have made love, air quotes, into an idol. An idol that is made in our image. As in, love is what will be the most non-threatening and least offensive way I can present what I believe, or not present it at all, so as to not risk anything on my end at all. Like all of you who say, you know, Steve, I can't speak up because I'll lose my job. Paul Revere is like, listen, I was going to tell you all, one F by land and two F by sea, but the Redcoats were going to shut down my blacksmith shop, so... Keep that on the down low. The I, I would lose my job loses in every history book of all time, I promise you. And, and, and right around the same time, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to make it awkward. And, um, you know, it's none of my business. And I just want to be left alone. About the same time in every history book that all those phrases lose is the I don't want to lose my job guy. He loses all the time in every history book, too. He always loses every time. Don't think the I don't want to lose my job guy has ever won, actually, ever. Like anything. This is also, by the way, why we wait on these political saviors. Man, I can't wait for a vote for Trump or DeSantis, who, if they win, will take over in two and a half years. Two and a half years ago, you didn't know what a COVID-19 was, and you still thought that masks don't work. A lot of poop can go down in two and a half years. But we like that because it's non-confrontational. I go into a booth, a private booth by myself on election day, get my silent majority on. Roll in there with the swag. I got my silent majority on. How you like them apples in quiet with no one watching and with no blowback at all. I pulled the curtain and voted Republican, bitches. Bam! Boom! Roasted again. That's why we love this. 
No blowback. No confrontation. Aunt Petunia asks us at Thanksgiving, you guys didn't vote for that right winger, did you? Oh, look, the kids. Someone's crying. We love it. <sighs> Give me more of it. Like Hunter Biden weighing his crack. I just can't get enough of the non-confrontationalism. <sighs> more. Meanwhile, the Bible is a book of confrontation. God is a God of confrontation. Christ becomes our Lord and Savior via confrontation. They put him on a cross after torturing him and disfiguring him and asphyxiate him to death because he was non-confrontational and non-threatening. Some of you, I think, have been smoking Hunter Biden's crack. I know a lot of your ministers have been. Rest assured that hell has never practiced the doctrine of non-confrontationalism and never will, never will. And it will continue surrounding us in this culture until we stop teaching it to ourselves, until we embrace confrontation again. Jill and Aaron, your thoughts. I look at this and I I think back to my sports days, Steve. I was able to sit in on some head coaches meetings with a, a coach that was looking at film with a player. And he said, okay, before we start this tape, what would it look like if you went 100% on every single play? What would this tape look like? Think about it in your mind. Now we're going to play the tape. Is that what we're going to see? I feel like when we when we look at what we're doing now, we just we want to pat ourselves on the back for just these small acts of victory and and you know, oh we we didn't conform for that one. Look at us. We we did it today. But what would it look like if we actually went 100% every day hmm. for what we believed? We had Bob Vanderplatz in in the the, the last part of the first hour. He has Tucker Carlson coming in for, for his family leadership summit this weekend. Tucker Carlson, like you're saying, he he is going all out. People see that he is speaking the truth. He is not afraid to go out there. And he has the biggest audience now in cable news. So when you see that, what makes pastors and priests as, you know, I'm sitting in Todd's seat. I'm also a Catholic. So what makes our ministry look at that and say, oh, Maybe we should just sit back and, and just take the easy road, right? When you see the images and, and the people that are doing well are the ones that are speaking out boldly. To me, that that's what my generation is. We're having this, you know, youthful conversation. That's what we're looking for is we're looking for truth and trying to figure out who is going to say it. And if our churches were more bold in their faith and expressing what they have, the numbers wouldn't be going down. The butts in the seats would be getting larger every weekend. Mm, that's a great analogy. And I like the fact somebody other than me used a sports analogy for once. Aaron? You know, the last couple of, of generations, by and large, you know, uh, I think of, I think it's Proverbs 24, a little rest, a little slumber, a little folding of hands and poverty will come on you. Um, and want like an armed man. You know, we've been really busy and really productive, most of us, especially uh, on the right side of the political uh, spectrum. 
really busy and really productive in our jobs, in our day-to-day lives. It shows in the 401ks that you put together and the houses that we've bought. But you fit the, the, the description. Those generations, especially the baby boomer generation, and save your emails for Steve. He's already explained this. If it doesn't apply to you, it doesn't apply to you, so don't get offended. But your generation, uh, many, many tekla pars, and you have been weighed, measured, and found wanting. You fit the description in just a different context. You've been all really busy. You've been really busy with a lot of other things, but not first things. Our generation and going forward are not going to have the luxury of just being busy with those things. Depending on how the economy goes, we'll be lucky to be busy with those (laughs) types of things. (laughs) It's time to make first things first things. A little rest, a little slumber, a little folding of hands. We've been doing that with first things for so long. I'm not going to speak up at my school board. I'm not going to go to the city council meeting. Hell, I don't even know who my police chief or my sheriff is. I'm not going to say anything at church. That was a little weird. I need to ask the pastor about that. That was a little weird. I saw so-and-so from church. I'm not going to follow up or confront a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ. A little slumber, a little folding of hands. That's been the posture, just in a different context, I know. That's been the posture of previous generations when it comes to these types of issues, both politically and spiritually as well. The time for that is at an end because we really don't have a choice right now or or that day is is coming very soon when uh, you confront now, as I said last week, or you will be confronted later. So that's, I think that's the overall message here. We don't have this luxury. If we do, we're not going to have it for very much longer of just kind of sitting back and going with the flow and not really not really taking ownership of this thing we call America. Time is at an end. Our time is almost at an end. Well said, both of you. So let me close it out by reminding you about our friends over at Real Estate Agents I Trust. If you want to get involved in the real estate market during these, now is a true test of your show knowledge. Unprecedented times. Ding! She did it! I didn't even I do it at home all the time. Do you really? Yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, make sure you go in with the right real estate agent who can guide you through the process that so you can trust to do that because they have a verified record track record of success that we have verified for you. That's why they get listed at our website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. If you go there, provide some basic info, the team will contact you to make an introduction to a preferred agent in your community right there at realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, so Jill, final thoughts on uh, getting to sit in for the show on the, or sit in on the show for the first time. Uh, I am thrilled to finally be here in a little behind the scenes baseball. I sent an email to Steve the day after the Joe Biden, obviously 81 million votes election. Uh, <laughs> and I said, okay, I can't do this anymore. Right into our last conversation. This is it. This is the time to stand up. I weighed the options of staying in sports or coming in and, I mean, probably being canceled. Let's mm-hmm. be real. Like, mm-hmm. but, but is that something that I would be able to sit down and take in, and just watch our country go away, turn into nothing? And I, I couldn't do it. So that's why I'm here. Amen. That is why you're here. You're yeah. exactly right. All right. We're going to stick around and do the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers for the rest of you. 
See you tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.